Grab your coffee. It's time for an episode of Chit Chat with the Queer and Creative. I'm your host, Melissa Da Silva. Open-toed shoes, profanity, sexual intercourse, all fun things, but not at the workplace. Or is it? Hey, Chit Chatters, thank you for joining me for another episode of Chit Chat with the Queer and Creative. I am here to talk to you today about sex and business. Yeah, that's what we're here talking about today. There's something that is thrilling about doing something that you're not supposed to do. That's against the rules. It gets your endorphins going. It makes the mundane a little more exciting. I mean, the first two that I mentioned, you can probably get away with with little consequence depending on where you work. But the third one, that one tends to be the big no-no. And I would say pretty much all professions, maybe except sex work. Sex and business don't typically go together. And what I learned from my guest today is that even when businesses say that office romances are not allowed, it doesn't decrease the number of office romances that occur. I remember this commercial when I was younger. And it would come on every so often, usually around prime time. And I remember it was a businessman and a businesswoman. And he would say some crude remarks to her, maybe even pet her on the bottom. But what I remember is what she says at the end of the commercial. She turns to him and says, that's sexual harassment and I don't have to take it. Now, this sticks in my head even 30 years later. Now, with that and the recent charges against Harvey Weinstein and other men in power, it was really interesting for me to see the title of this book that today's author wrote, which is Sexual Intelligence in Business. And I sound like somebody who's doing a book report when I'm doing this interview because I was just so interested in hearing what she had to say about the topic of sex and sexual romances and how to use sex in business. So I hope it brings up some thoughts for you. I always hope that this podcast makes you think about things a little bit differently. And make sure you head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of that book. You can even get it on Audible. And that is Sexual Intelligence in Business. And I hope you enjoy my interview today. Well, hello, Chit Chatters. I hope all of you are doing well. You could be anywhere else listening to anybody else, but you are here with me and my guest, Bobby Bedoshka. How are you? (laughs) I'm good, Melissa. Thanks so much. So I am so excited to be chatting with you because I have been reading your book, uh, Sexual Intelligent in Business. And it's really interesting because I... I was expecting a different book, I guess. But then when I started reading it, I was like, wow, this is a really interesting take on things. So for the audience that hasn't read this book, tell us a little bit about it. Uh, Great. Yes, thank you. So the book, Sexual Intelligence and Business, is basically, it's my kind of reaction to some sort of second order consequences that came out of the Me Too movement, um, where we're starting to see some things happening, I guess, a detriment to women's advancement, which of course was not at all the intended purpose of me too. But, you know, there's the business environment has gotten a bit confusing. People are walking on eggshells, not quite knowing how to do uh, what we're supposed to be doing. Um, You know, everyone is, there's a lot of, there's still a lot of, you know, sexual harassment cases and things like that happening. But for the most part, most people are 
are sensitive and aware of the issues, but don't quite know how to navigate the environment. And then on top of that, in doing my research and connected to my own personal life over the last 20 years of doing business, I've become attuned to my sexual energy and realizing how that actually can help you in your in your business and can advance your career. And so given these times, I'm finding that these two ideas sound a bit antithetical, but in the book, I'm, I'm trying to show that they can actually go together. And did you find that you got some like negative criticism about the way you're taking the approach in the book? Um, not for anybody that I actually have a conversation with or Good. that that has read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really for for those who might not fully understand what I'm what I'm trying to throw down, where they mm-hmm. might think I did once, you know, get a rejection for for podcasts because she said, Well, I'm pro me too, so I don't want you on my podcast. And like, but I'm not clearly she hadn't read the book. <laughs> yeah, or even any of the materials like on yeah. the website or anything. But it's a natural reaction though. Mm-hmm. When when one says we should be more sexual and then we and we should also maybe not blame all men for every single thing then you know that kind of that definitely presses a bit of a hot button for sort of the more extreme uh, feminist types which is okay i'd just rather have the conversations with people um mm-hmm. because not everyone's going to agree uh, yeah. and that's okay but i think it's important that we start having this conversation mm. and i think it's great that you did write a book cuz i feel like I haven't seen a book like this that has been like available for everybody, right? I just feel like it's very readable and it really makes a lot of sense. Very catchy too. I mean, I was like, wow, this is a great title for one thing. And the information that you have in it really makes you think because like you think about the whole HR stuff. It's like, oh, you're not supposed to date anybody that you work with, but we spend like 50 hours a week with all these people. How are we not going to have some sort of attraction maybe to somebody? Well, and it's not just how we're not going to, we do statistically speaking, Exactly, we do. So yes. there's like, you know, there's no point trying to pretend and write policy, like thinking that that's going to eliminate it. Cause it, it just won't, people will continue to do it. So better to sort of get out in front of it and mm-hmm. figure out how to intermix that in a proper way. I just think that's the best way moving forward. And I also like the part where you say it's important for specifically females to be able to stand up and say like, yo, I'm not cool with this. You know, you need to back up or, you know, do it in a way that you're assertive, but not, you know, being like mean or anything. So, you know, you take the responsibility on yourself, like being able to stop the stuff before it gets out of hand because you're confident in yourself and saying like, I'm not cool with this just to let you know. So I think that was really, I feel like I'm doing like a book report to you. (laughs) (laughs) It was great to hear this back because I do think it's really important that you have to be careful here because there's a bit of a a school of thought, like don't blame the women for this. Yes. And so this isn't what what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is that as um, I guess you could call the the receivers of some of these Mm -hmm. um, negative behaviors, I'm trying to stay away from the word victim that you do have to be able to, to say, I mean, and this actually goes just beyond business, like in your whole life, you know, when Mm -hmm. people are, are displaying behaviors that you don't find acceptable, then it is your role for yourself to say something. And women aren't as practiced as in that Mm -hmm. area because of history. And so this is something it's much like training for a marathon or, you know, if you want to get good at something, you go to university or you, you practice it, you read about it. Like there's a process Mm -hmm. involved in learning actually how to speak up in a way that gets you what you want, 
You don't mm-hmm. want to insult people. You don't want to be yep. disrespectful. You want it to go down because also these are your usually your colleagues. Yes. Um, so you want to make sure that the relationship can still you know move forward in a positive way. And I think as somebody who has grown up in society like the 80s and 90s, it brought me back to a, a thought that I had when I was like five or six and uh, my mother was dating. I hope she never listens to any of my podcasts. Holy moly. <laughs> but she was dating this gentleman and we like playing or whatever. And she's like, oh, give him a kiss. He feels bad. And I felt like, so like, no, I don't want to. Right. But as a five-year-old, I'm learning, like my mom says I should, and I don't want to make him feel bad. So I will do something that, you know, I don't feel comfortable with because that's what I'm being told to do. And I think that happens for us a lot of times. It's like, we do things we don't want to do because we don't want to make anybody feel bad and be that person that, you know, hurts feelings. So I like the thought of like teaching people how to stand up for themselves and be like, it's not okay. And, you know, I don't need to kiss, you know, somebody cause we're playing around and you know, they don't yeah. feel bad. I think we have like an intuitive sense inside ourselves of when someone is almost to breaching our boundaries and mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm not comfortable with, and everybody has different levels mm-hmm. of boundaries. And it's just a, a matter of learning that process of how do I communicate that at the earliest stage possible before it becomes like, yes. Thing. Yes. Yeah. This is a learned behavior. It really is. It is. And I think that it's something that we start to need to tell our children and young adults, like, you know, it's okay to say no and how to say no in a polite way. Mm -hmm. So, and in your bio, it says that you became an accidental author. How does that happen? (laughs) Like I said, because after the Me Too movement, I noticed all the stuff because I'm trying to build my own business and I'm noticing like, Hey, what, like, what's going on here? And people, I mean, I need male mentors. Mm-hmm. Men are in decision-making positions. So I need to be able to build relationships with them. I was just noticing that sometimes they're reluctant, like what would normally be, Hey, let's just go for dinner and have a chat and talk business or drinks or whatever. And they're like, is that going to be okay? And, mm. and so then it became reluctant. I don't want to, you know, this or that. And then as I dug into it, I just started to hear more about actual companies now being afraid to hire women yes. um, and all these, all these new rules in place, like no more Christmas parties because you know, that one person does that one thing that <laughs> they probably shouldn't have done. And it just, just started to get a bit of, like, it felt like it was just swinging a bit extreme. And as I was talking to people, everyone was agreeing with me, but nobody wanted to say anything because like, you're going to get, you know, you don't want to say mm-hmm. that out loud. You're going to, you're going to get in trouble. Like, okay. I felt like, okay. If, I think I'm going to be the only one who's going to stand up and say this. So I might as well just do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's what I mean by like, I never sort of grew up throughout my life thinking, Oh, I want to be an author and and do this and that. And so then it just kind of happened. And you, you mentioned how you talk about how to use your sexuality in business. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So I, I discovered in my twenties, that there was something about when I had a crush on someone, whether at work or otherwise, or, you know, I was having sex or doing something. There's just like this, it's just really great energy. And then like, I could go to work and I'd be like double timing my productivity and creativity and all this. And then I read a book about a concept called flow. I read it from, uh, it's called the rise of Superman by Stephen Kotler, but it's also uh, his, is a, a Hungarian researcher who discovered it a few years back, uh, Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi. It's very difficult to say his name, <laughs> even more difficult than mine. And it's just, there's science behind it. What I discovered is there's, there's a real science behind it. And it's not just me being, oh yeah, I'm so I'm super sexual energy. That's great. 
but this is something that actually everybody can generate and tap into. I just think it's one of those things people never made the connection. It's like, oh, you mean I can do this and that connects to that? Oh, wow. I, I didn't realize it. So I, I intuitively connected it, but I didn't really tell people I was doing it. Just kind of just happened by nature. And then as I started to look into it, I'm like, okay, there's some real science behind this. So that's interesting. And what is this science that you had found? Like what gives a little bit of an example? So when you have a crush on someone or you like Mm -hmm. someone or you're having sex or even self-pleasure, this Mm -hmm. generates particular chemicals in your brain, Mm. um, dopamine, norepinephrine, serotonin, oxytocin, that when these are firing, they Mm -hmm. result in getting into a higher level of productivity. Like, first of all, you're just, your body feels great. And then when you, it can be a flow trigger. So when you look into the science of flow, when you see the other triggers that get you into this altered state of mind, Mm -hmm. which is not to say that you're, you know, walking around high, but in a way you kind Mm -hmm. of are, it helps you to be hyper-focused when you're doing some really important high-risk activities, like, Mm -hmm those types of stretch assignments, or I'm really going sticking my neck out here on the limb mm-hmm. during this project. So it won't necessarily help you as much in the everyday, like, oh, I'm entering the same amount of data yes. that I entered yesterday <laughs> the day before. Although it will help you pass the time, you, you feel a lot better doing it. But yeah. as far as like really pushing the edges of your creativity, pushing the edges of what you want to learn, this activity, they use it to train Navy SEALs. Um, You can learn a language in six weeks instead of six months, um, scientifically proven. And so the, you can really, really literally 10 X your creativity and productivity. My brain just went completely crazy for a second here because I (laughs) moved to Puerto Rico. I'm learning Spanish and I'm like, God, I got to have a sex with a lot of Spanish men to get this (laughs) down in six months. It'll help you. (laughs) And so how long does that like flow tend to last? Does it say? Yeah. It's not like a timed thing. It's (laughs) a reboot. Yeah. It it ebbs and flows. Right. So it's kind of like the same thing happens when extreme sports people sort of get into that runner's high is is Mm. also something they call it. And so you, you can't be like in a runner's high all day long. Right. That's true. Yeah. And so I use a runner's high just because that's the most Mm well-known understanding of the state of mind. Some people can get there through meditation and yoga. And so there's also just sort of different ways that you can get there depending on how much you want to sort of get jacked up or calmed down kind of on that spectrum of this, this altered state. And so, but it's something you can continue to keep sort of provoking. Interesting. Um, yeah. My Tinder profile is so going to change all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I need a creative partner. <laughs> so. You do. You do. But yeah. even, you know, even just thinking about it, fantasizing, mm-hmm. looking at imagery, you know, you don't necessarily have to be involved with someone in order to yeah. um, trigger all this. Just wow. It just helps. It's interesting that you are able to connect that on your own and then found research that like proves that to you. So that's like really being in touch with yourself and your own system. And that's like really awesome. How did you learn to be that in touch with yourself? I don't know. I think just by nature, I'm kind of like a systems thinker kind of connecting the dots, which is why also when you, when you read the book and you're like, Oh, she's really touching on all these different Mm -hmm. topics because I just able to connect. But I guess just from a young age, I guess just the way that I grew up, I was very independent. Mm -hmm. You know, I had lots of, you know, family issues and they were busy dealing with their own family issues. So I kind of went, did my own thing. 
And when you're, when you are like that and, and I had to rely on myself and I, I've done a lot of traveling, you know, I've moved over 40 times. I've had over 40 different jobs. I've been to Holy eight different universities. <laughs> so when you go and you have this sort of that amount of experience, you collect information. So I just have a lot of experiences mm-hmm. um, and I pay attention. That's uh, probably the the hugest difference. What I notice between me and others is I pick up information because I pay attention and I'm super mm-hmm. curious. And so when you sort of have these combination of things, then you just start connecting um, and just being an independent, always had to take care of myself. Then that meant mm-hmm. I had to pay more attention to myself Yes, um, yeah. and, and my body and just things like that. And so where are we going to find you in the next five years? Like, are you working on any big projects right now? Uh, yes. So I have started the second book. Um, so oh, that's to do exciting. Research. Yeah, I kind of got hooked on the process. I'm like, even though it was a very grueling, mm-hmm. as soon as it started coming to the end, I'm like, I want to do that again. That was good. You know, people say that about birth and labor too. <laughs> it's like, I feel like writing a book and labor what? <laughs> so much but um (laughs) it does become easier yeah the second Mm -hmm. child kind of pops out like butter but um (laughs) (laughs) ready to go also I think I've made some connections between the sex positive and sex education and how exposure therapy might actually start to reduce sexual harassment in business and the workplace so I'm working on Mm. developing a program that can be implemented in corporate settings. And I think, I think we might be onto something here mm-hmm. where instead, instead of just basic sexual harassment training, which yes. is here's all the behaviors that are bad and don't do those. I think I've got a different take on how we might be able to get out in front of that without compromising the opportunity to have relationships and love in the workplace. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of collecting a few experts um, in those areas. And so I hope that after five years, I have got a couple more books out there Yes, um, and that this training program has been up and running and is like going strong and, and making a difference, like moving the needle. Mm. Yeah. I think I, as a business minded person with great ideas, like I see that like morphing into whole different areas, like, you know, as a social worker, we have to take CEUs and being able to like take a CEU on, you know, sexual harassment in the workplace and how to work with clients of like dealing with this type of stuff. I have big ideas for you, just saying. <laughs> All right, let's take that conversation yes. offline. <laughs> <laughs> and so what is a one piece of information you could give the listeners about, you know, workplace and sexuality or just a piece of information that you listeners can take with them today and be like, Hmm. The biggest thing is look into the flow state. Mm. Start paying attention to how you feel when you have a positive sexual energy after during your masturbation, when you like someone, when you're crushing on someone, when you're in your honeymoon stage, when you're having sex, start paying attention to the feeling in your body beyond just the sexual pleasure and start when you are there and feeling that go do something that you think like you require some productivity on and just Mm. start paying attention to that. And then when you start paying attention to that, you're going to be able to figure out how to sort of sustain it and channel it. And as you get better and get more practice at it, then you are going to, uh, you'll never go back basically. 
I also see a great retreat idea here. <laughs> it's oh, true. The Maybe flow in Puerto retreat. Rico. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Bobby, thank you so much for spending time with me today and teaching us so much about sexual energy and business. It was really great learning. And I suggest everybody read this book, whether you're in the business or not, because it's just a really great book to read. So thank you so much, Bobby. And I'm sure we're going to see so much more from you in the future. My pleasure. Thank you, Melissa. All right, Chit Chatters, if you haven't done so already, make sure you head over to iTunes, send me a five-star review that will just make my day and will get us higher on the charts so more people will be able to hear these interesting interviews with the interesting guests that I have every week. Make sure you head over to Amazon, pick up Bobby's book, and until next time, keep being amazing and keep loving each other. Love you. Bye-bye.